Hi guys and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I promised you last time that I would talk about codependency and what that means and so I'm going to do that today. Um, when people talk about codependency, it, you know, it, like many terms, I talk about emotional labor a lot as one of these, things um, get changed around in the popular media and they start to mean just a whole host of things that they were never intended to mean. And so I really want to delineate what a codependent relationship looks like and to separate that from what an interdependent relationship looks like, which is really a positive thing. Um, before I go any further, if you have not subscribed, please do subscribe for $4.99 a month. You're going to get access to all of my bonus content, all of my other episodes. Um, I feel like by now there's over 10 bonus episodes that you can listen to, and that really helps me uh, maintain the motivation to keep this going. <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk to yourself every week. You get a lot more... Um, immediate feedback with the social media stuff. Then I get my likes right away, but this is like kind of talking into a vacuum. Although I, I do get emails that say it's helpful, so that keeps things moving along. And whenever somebody subscribes, then I see that you like it. So anyhow, um, what codependency means is it's really this symbiotic relationship where People cannot exist without each other. And I'm probably misusing symbiotic because biology is not my strong suit. So symbiotic has like a real positive connotation. What I mean is it's really anything where the people, um, they really depend on each other to live. Now, you shouldn't really depend on your partner to live, you know, whether it's emotionally or in really point of fact in, in like physically, because you need to be your own independent person, particularly if you have kids. You do not want your kids to see that basically uh, mommy cannot function without daddy at all. You know, that's kind of terrifying because what if some shit happens to daddy? Um, and what there are many ways that codependency can happen. And by the way, of course, or what about daddy? Can he fu function without mommy? If not, then that's also, you know, very scary for kids and also makes them not respect the partner that is acting like the child in this way. So what do I mean? So there's many ways. So the most common one talked about in the media is um, when one person is a substance abuser and the other person kind of takes care of everything. The movie that I always tell people to talk to watch about codependency is the Meg Ryan movie about her being an alcoholic and um, which I will link you to because I am not remembering that in this moment, even though I constantly uh, say that people should watch that movie, but it's going to be in my description. And in this movie, she starts out as an alcoholic, but he takes care of everything. Andy Garcia, he takes care of everything um, with the kids and with the house so that she's really kind of like his child, you know? And only when she has this like tremendously bad thing happen does she start to get her shit together. And when she does, then things change. So in a codependent relationship, if one person does not remain weak and problematic, then the other person cannot... Um, be happy uh, in, in any real meaningful way. This relationship is predicated upon one being uh, very weak 
and basically like the child and the other person being strong and the parent. So when somebody, for example, who's an alcoholic quits drinking, their entire relationship needs to be um, rejiggered because it doesn't work how it has been. The dynamic no longer makes sense. The person who is now not drinking, they're trying to build themselves up as an independent, um, normative, uh, functional human being. And the other person now like doesn't have anything to do. It's like as though your newborn baby just turned into an 18 year old and you're like, what happened? I'm not needed anymore. And this usually isn't conscious, but when the couple is in couples counseling, uh, any codependency will hopefully be sussed out and discussed such that both people see how this codependent dynamic was really important for both people, including the one who is doing everything, the overfunctioner, if you refer back to that podcast. Oh, it's when a man loves a woman. That just came back to me. The Meg Ryan movie is when a man loves a woman. So everybody should put it on their, um, you know, Amazon Prime or Netflix queue right now, and I can link to it. But anyway, so both partners are psychologically dependent on this dynamic where one is strong and one is weak. So another common example of codependency is when you got one partner who does everything because the other one is just, um, they're not drinking, but they have something like ADHD or they're just all over the place, you know, which is usually undiagnosed ADHD. But either way, they act kind of childlike. So this would be my... um, Post the man child and his long suffering wife is an example of this, or women whose husbands kind of just do everything for them. They're always booking the flight, and then they basically tell her when she needs to be at the airport, and they fill up her gas in her car, and they just do like everything for her. And a lot of these men nowadays also do the housework. Um, They used to just uh, buy a housekeeper (laughs) for women like that, but nowadays they just do housework and childcare themselves, usually because there's changing expectations about male-female roles. So all the women that say that men do nothing have never seen the men who do everything, because they don't usually brag about it, because it's more of um, it's it's not saving face, it's more losing face um, on behalf of their wives. They're throwing their wives under the bus if they say, yeah, actually I do the childcare and the housework and, and I have the job. So but there are a lot of those situations as well. So in these situations, usually both people grew up in a house where they saw one person doing everything and one person taking care of, of um, so the person who does everything takes care of the one who does nothing. And so whether this was the male or the female in the caretaker role doesn't really matter as much. But this is another common dynamic where one person is the one who acts more like the parent who's always cleaning up and getting everything arranged and organized. And the other person just never worries about that stuff, you know. Now, with codependency, no matter what kind of examples I give you, there's always this common theme where the people really do not feel like they could exist separately. Certainly the one who's being taken care of all of the time um, constantly thinks that they could not exist if they were not being cared for. And But the other one really cannot envision a life outside of 
caring for this person. So they may have some fantasies about being the one who gets taken care of, but they can't really visualize that or else, quite honestly, they would leave. You know, if they really didn't like any aspect of this dynamic, then they would leave. There's nobody with a gun to their head. And in a situation where people say, well, I can't leave because, I, um, you know, I wouldn't want to get only half time with my kids. The person who does nothing isn't even going to ask for half time with the kids usually, especially if it's a male. So this usually doesn't really have much to do with reality. The subconscious reason is they don't know how to be in a different kind of dynamic. They have never seen one at home and they don't know what it would be like to be in a dynamic where they were cared for as well. Now, what is interdependence in contrast to this? This is when people are their own person, but they come together to care for one another in different ways. So they each have a purview and they each are in charge of certain things. But if one of them were to die, the other one could take that over, you know, with, um, with some disruption, but, but not, not anything that they couldn't do. They do not feel like, um, they would not be able to survive. They may feel like they would be devastated and would mourn for a long time, but they don't feel like they would not be able to get up and figure out how to feed themselves or how to um, spend money or what credit cards are there or how to, um, you know, take care of the house or anything. They feel like they could rise to that occasion, but it would be a sorrowful situation, which of course, if you love somebody, then you would. But much like how if your child would die, you wouldn't say, oh, my God, how would I take care of the house? You know, like it just doesn't have to do with that. You would miss your child, not what your child does. So that's kind of the difference, too, in codependency versus interdependence. Codependency is very focused on what each partner does. There's a lot of talk about what especially the one who is more martyred does. And this uh, really overlaps with the overfunctioning or the idea of a workhorse, which I've written about, people whose uh, most comfortable identity is that of somebody who takes care of everything. And the other person is more like a coddled child, in a sense. This doesn't mean that, that they're treated well. They may be constantly insulted by the one who does everything, you know, but they are treated like a child and they feel about themselves on a deep level like they cannot function in the world. In interdependence, both people have healthy self-esteem. So that is why this is really a goal for a healthy marriage is interdependence. Both people think they're all right and they could take care of things on their own. They just prefer to be together. They may need each other emotionally, but they can also maintain like a rational perspective that if somebody died, uh, they, they would not die that if the partner died, they would not die along with them, you know? So in interdependence, people have their own individual lives with their own friends or career or working out or or hobby, whatever. And then they come together for couple time. Couple time is not the only time and it doesn't feel like the only emotionally close relationship or the only extremely conflictual um, relationship. So it doesn't always only have to be positive close. It can be also negative close where the people are fighting all the time. But 
But the point is it's all the time. Codependent means like especially, and, and you, you can hear from what I'm saying, that the codependency um, of certain couples was really amplified during the pandemic when people are working from home. The, if you started out codependent, you got way more codependent when both people had to be in the house all the time. Then you really uh, don't have any life outside and you have to make a specific effort to, and therefore any codependency is just shoots up times a million. So how then do you work on growing less codependent as a couple if this is your issue? Well, couples counseling can really help because you probably don't even know the extent to which some of your patterns are codependent and unhealthy. Um, and you you certainly can't be as attuned to that as a third party can when they hear about it from the outside. So, you know, for example, what if every night you um, clean up everything in the house while your partner, quote, uh, relaxes. So if you were actually talking about that, maybe what that means is that your partner is very depressed and they're basically on the couch from 5 p.m. until 11 p.m. Um, and they are napping or they're on their phone and you basically do everything. You may think of that as totally normal and that's kind of what you saw growing up with an alcoholic parent, but you wouldn't really know that that isn't normal until you talk to somebody about it. Now, your kids are picking up on any codependent behavior that they see, and then they are much more attuned, they're, they're, they're much more likely to get into codependent relationships themselves, and it's really anyone's guess which one they're going to be, if they're going to be the problem person or the person who's the martyr, you know? I mean, neither of those roles is what you really want for your kids, ideally, in their relationships, and, but if that's what they see, then that's what's going to happen. So you couples counseling is a good way. There's also a good book, Codependent No More. That's a classic. I could link you to that. Um, overall, you need to think about how um, kind of uh, power is distributed in your relationship. Like, do people take care of each other and also have a life outside of each other? Like, I'm not saying everybody's got to be a huge extrovert and have a huge social life and all these hobbies, but if the only person that you talk to about anything is your spouse and they, that then you kind of become an echo chamber. This really happens, um, again, in the pandemic, it happened a lot. It happens whenever couples just spend too much time together and they don't talk to anyone else, really. And given the sorts of jobs that are available now in telework, um, sometimes it really does happen that people do not talk to anybody about anything except for their spouse. And then whatever dysfunctionality is in their spouse just kind of colors how they view everything and their own dysfunctionality. And then we end up kind of, again, in an echo chamber where it's two people that just think really crazily about something. So like, let's say you got two anxious people trying to raise a child and then one comes home and they're like, oh, I saw this story, this story on Facebook. 
spoke about, um, you know, kids getting kidnapped. And so we really, you know, really can't, uh, shouldn't be taking our, our kid out, you know, because a kid was kidnapped in Walmart. And then the other one's like, oh, yeah. And you know what else? I saw that, like, you know, on, on sleepovers, like 90% of kids get sexually molested. And then they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like two people that are anxious that are spinning each other out of control in this crazy codependent way. And the child is going to suffer. Now, if if those people had any sort of other outlet to talk to any other close friends, family, therapist, somebody might be like, what do you mean you're not going to take your kid out to Walmart when you go or you're never going to allow them to have a sleepover? What? Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, but when there is an echo chamber of just two people that are completely enmeshed with each other, then frequently they can spin one another out of control and in in whatever the domain is that they are struggling with, whether that's anxiety, whether it's depression, just two people with increasingly uh, negative worldviews that really build on one another and, and their cynicism and pessimism just kind of uh, plays off of each other until they think even worse about the world or people who have trauma histories that then end up distrustful and paranoid about everything. So whatever your um, struggle is, your partner, if they're really the only person that you engage with um, and they're in any way similar to you, can really amplify your um, your your issues, you know. And instead of being any sort of a sounding board that can potentially uh, then, uh, you know, correct you in a certain sense or offer a different view, you end up just really spiraling um, downward together. And of course, who suffers the most in that situation is the kids, because then it's like the inmates are running the asylum. There's like no, nobody in charge, two people's issues are amplifying each other's, and then the kid ends up in the super anxious, depressed, or traumatized home. Right. So if this speaks to you at all, then couples counseling is a real good place to like try to get in another perspective. You know, somebody else looking in with an objective view can can often uh, really, really change how you view things. Or you could go into individual therapy, which would have um, the the side benefit of you're not going there together. So it's less codependent right away. Like, you know, you're just looking in at yourself and your own issues and not telling your spouse every little thing that happened. Sure, you're going to summarize therapy for them, but it's a place where you open up to someone else that isn't your spouse. So hopefully this gives you an overview of Um, codependency and the different things that it can look like and what it would look like to be in a healthier, stronger relationship where you actually have um, interests and uh, a life and an internal life really that is just yours and that does not have to be based on the mood or the problems or the issues with your uh, partner. All right, guys, uh, please rate my podcast and please do subscribe. It is now in the description for every episode is a link to the Anchors website to subscribe. And then you get access to all the bonus episodes. And I hope everybody has a great day. Bye-bye, guys.